book seventeen of pierre or the ambiguities by herman melville this librivox recording is in the public domain book seventeen young america in literature chapter one among the various conflicting modes of writing history there would seem to be two grand practical distinctions under which all the rest must subordinately range by the one mode all contemporaneous circumstances facts and events must be set down contemporaneously by the other they are only to be set down as the general stream of the narrative shall dictate for matters which are kindred in time may be very irrelative in themselves i elect neither of these i am careless of either both are well enough in their way i write precisely as i please in the earlier chapters of this volume it has somewhere been passingly intimated that pierre was not only a reader of the poets and other fine writers but likewise and what is a very different thing from the other a thorough allegorical understander of them a profound emotional sympathizer with them in other words pierre himself possessed the poetic nature in himself absolutely though but latently and floatingly possessed every whit of the imaginative wealth which he so admired when by vast painstakings and all manner of unrecompensed agonies systematized on the printed page not that as yet his young and immature soul had been accosted by the wonderful mutes and through the vast halls of silent truth had been ushered into the full secret eternally inviolable sanhedrim where the poetic magi discuss in glorious gibberish the alpha and omega of the universe but among the beautiful imaginings of the second and third degree of poets he freely comprehendingly ranged but it still remains to be said that pierre himself had written many a fugitive thing which had brought him not only vast credit and compliments from his more immediate acquaintances but the less partial applauses of the always intelligent and extremely discriminating public in short pierre had frequently done that which many other boys have done published not in the imposing form of a book but in the more modest and becoming way of occasional contributions to magazines and other polite periodicals his magnificent and victorious debut had been made in that delightful love sonnet entitled the tropical summer not only the public had applauded his gemmed little sketches of thought and fancy whether in poetry or prose but the high and mighty campbell clan of editors of all sorts had bestowed upon him those generous commendations which with one instantaneous glance they had immediately perceived was his due they spoke in high terms of his surprising command of language they begged to express their wonder at his euphonious construction of sentences they regarded with reverence the pervading symmetry of his general style but transcending even this profound insight into the deep merits of pierre 
they looked infinitely beyond and confessed their complete inability to restrain their unqualified admiration for the highly judicious smoothness and genteelness of the sentiments and fancies expressed this writer said one in an ungovernable burst of admiring fury is characterized throughout by perfect taste another after endorsingly quoting that sapient suppressed maxim of dr goldsmith's which asserts that whatever is new is false went on to apply it to the excellent productions before him concluding with this he has translated the unruffled gentleman from the drawing-room into the general levy of letters he never permits himself to astonish is never betrayed into anything coarse or new as assured that whatever astonishes is vulgar and whatever is new must be crude yes it is the glory of this admirable young author that vulgarity and vigour two inseparable adjuncts are equally removed from him a third perorated a long and beautifully written review by the bold and startling announcement this writer is unquestionably a highly respectable youth nor had the editors of various moral and religious periodicals failed to render the tribute of their severer appreciation and more enviable because more cherry applause a renowned clerical and philological conductor of a weekly publication of this kind whose surprising proficiency in the greek hebrew and chaldaic to which he had devoted by far the greater part of his life peculiarly fitted him to pronounce unerring judgment upon works of taste in the english had unhesitatingly delivered himself thus he is blameless in morals and harmless throughout another had unhesitatingly recommended his effusions to the family circle a third had no reserve in saying that the predominant end and aim of this author was evangelical piety a mind less naturally strong than pierre's might well have been hurried into vast self-complacency by such eulogy as this especially as there could be no possible doubt that the primitive verdict pronounced by the editors was irreversible except in the highly improbable event of the near approach of the millennium which might establish a different dynasty of taste and possibly eject the editors it is true that in view of the general practical vagueness of these panegyrics and the circumstance that in essence they were all somehow of the prudently indecisive sort and considering that they were panegyrics and nothing but panegyrics without anything analytical about them an elderly friend of a literary turn had made bold to say to our hero pierre this is very high praise i grant and you are a surprisingly young author to receive it but i do not see any criticisms as yet criticisms cried pierre in amazement why sir they are all criticisms i am the idol of the critics ah sighed the elderly friend as if suddenly reminded that that was true after all ah and went on with his inoffensive non-committal cigar nevertheless thanks to the editors such at last became the popular literary enthusiasm in behalf of pierre that two young men 
recently abandoning the ignoble pursuit of tailoring for the more honourable trade of the publisher probably with an economical view of working up in books the linen and cotton shreds of the cutter's counter after having been subjected to the action of the paper-mill had on the daintiest scalloped edge paper and in the neatest possible and fine needlework hand addressed him a letter couched in the following terms the general style of which letter will sufficiently evince that though thanks to the manufacturer their linen and cotton shreds may have been very completely transmuted into paper yet the cutters themselves were not yet entirely out of the metamorphosing mill honourable pierre glendinning reverend sir the fine cut the judicious fit of your production fills us with amazement the fabric is excellent the finest broadcloth of genius we have just started in business your pantaloons productions we mean have never yet been collected they should be published in the library form the tailors we mean the librarians demand it your fame is now in its finest nap now before the gloss is off now is the time for the library form we have recently received an invoice of chamois russia leather the library form should be a durable form we respectfully offer to dress your amazing productions in the library form if you please we will transmit you a sample of the cloth we mean a sample page with a pattern of the leather we are ready to give you one-tenth of the profits less discount for the privilege of arraying your wonderful productions in the library form you cashing the seamstresses printers and binders bills on the day of publication an answer at your earliest convenience will greatly oblige sir your most obsequious servants wonder and when p s we respectfully submit the enclosed block sheet as some earnest of our intentions to do everything in your behalf possible to any firm in the trade n b if the list does not comprise all your illustrious wardrobe works we mean we shall exceedingly regret it we have hunted through all the drawers magazines sample of a coat title for the works of glendinning the complete works of glendinning author of that world-famed production the tropical summer a sonnet the weather a thought life an impromptu the late reverend mark graceman an obituary honour a stanza beauty an acrostic edgar an anagram the pippin a paragraph etc 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 p from a designer pierre had received the following sir i approach you with unfeigned trepidation for though you are young in age you are old in fame and ability i cannot express to you my ardent admiration of your works nor can i but deeply regret that the productions of such graphic descriptive power should be unaccompanied by the humbler illustrative labours of the designer my services in this line are entirely at your command i need not say how proud i should be if this hint 
on my part however presuming should induce you to reply in terms upon which i could found the hope of honouring myself and my profession by a few designs for the works of the illustrious glendinning but the cursory mention of your name here fills me with such swelling emotions that i can say nothing more i would only add however that not being at all connected with the trade my business situation unpleasantly forces me to make cash down on delivery of each design the basis of all my professional arrangements your noble soul however would disdain to suppose that this sordid necessity in my merely business concerns could ever impair that profound private veneration and admiration with which i unmercenarily am great and good glendinning yours most humbly peter pence chapter two these were stirring letters the library form an illustrated edition his whole heart swelled but unfortunately it occurred to pierre that as all his writings were not only fugitive but if put together could not possibly fill more than a very small duodecimo therefore the library edition seemed a little premature perhaps possibly in a slight degree preposterous then as they were chiefly made up of little sonnets brief meditative poems and moral essays the matter for the designer ran some small risk of being but meagre in his inexperience he did not know that such was the great height of invention to which the designer's art had been carried that certain gentlemen of that profession had gone to an eminent publishing-house with overtures for an illustrated edition of coke upon littleton even the city directory was beautifully illustrated with exquisite engravings of bricks tongs and flat irons concerning the draft for the title page it must be confessed that on seeing the imposing enumeration of his titles long and magnificent as those preceding the proclamations of some german prince hereditary lord of the backyard of krantz jacobi undoubted proprietor by seizure of the bedstead of the late widow van lorne heir apparent to the bankrupt bakery of flets and flits residuary legatee of the confiscated pin-money of the late dowager dunker etc 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 pierre could not entirely repress a momentary feeling of elation yet did he also bow low under the weight of his own ponderosity as the author of such a vast load of literature it occasioned him some slight misgivings however when he considered that already in his eighteenth year his title-page should so immensely surpass in voluminous statisticals the simple page which in his father's edition prefixed the vast speculations of plato still he comforted himself with the thought that as he could not presume to interfere with the bill-stickers of the gazelle magazine who every month covered the walls of the city with gigantic announcements of his name among the other contributors so neither could he now in the highly improbable event of closing with the offer of messieurs wonder and when presume to interfere with the bill-sticking department of their business concern for it was plain that they esteemed one's title-page but another unwindowed wall infinitely more available than most walls since here was at least one spot in the city where no rival bill-stickers dared to encroach 
nevertheless resolved as he was to let all such bill-sticking matters take care of themselves he was sensible of some coy inclination toward that modest method of certain kid-gloved and dainty authors who scorning the vulgarity of a sounding parade contented themselves with simply subscribing their name to the title-page as confident that that was sufficient guarantee to the notice of all true gentlemen of taste it was for petty german princes to sound their prolonged titular flourishes the czar of russia contented himself with putting the simple word nicholas to his loftiest decrees this train of thought terminated at last in various considerations upon the subject of anonymousness in authorship he regretted that he had not started his literary career under that mask at present it might be too late already the whole universe knew him and it was in vain at this late day to attempt to hood himself but when he considered the essential dignity and propriety at all points of the inviolably anonymous method he could not but feel the sincerest sympathy for those unfortunate fellows who not only naturally averse to any sort of publicity but progressively ashamed of their own success of production written chiefly for the merest cash were yet cruelly coerced into sounding title-pages by sundry bakers and butchers bills and other financial considerations inasmuch as the placard of the title-page indubitably must assist the publisher in his sales but perhaps the ruling though not altogether conscious motive of pierre in finally declining as he did the services of messrs wonder and when those eager applicants for the privilege of extending and solidifying his fame arose from the idea that being at this time not very far advanced in years the probability was that his future productions might at least equal if not surpass in some small degree those already given to the world he resolved to wait for his literary canonization until he should at least have outgrown the sophomorean insinuation of the law which with a singular affectation of benignity pronounced him an infant his modesty obscured from him the circumstance that the greatest lettered celebrities of the time had by the divine power of genius become full graduates in the university of fame while yet as legal minors forced to go to their mammas for pennies wherewith to keep them in peanuts not seldom pierre's social placidity was ruffled by polite entreaties from the young ladies that he would be pleased to grace their albums with some nice little song we say that here his social placidity was ruffled for the true charm of agreeable parlour society is that there you lose your own sharp individuality and become delightfully merged in that soft social pantheism as it were that rosy melting of all into one ever prevailing in those drawing-rooms which pacifically and deliciously belie their own name inasmuch as there no one draws the sword of his own individuality but all such ugly weapons are left as of old with your hat and cane in the hall it was very awkward to decline the albums but somehow it was still worse and peculiarly distasteful for pierre to comply with equal justice apparently you might either have called that his weakness or his idiosyncrasy he summoned all his suavity and refused and the refusal of pierre according to miss angelica amabilia of ambleside was sweeter than the compliance of others 
but then prior to the proffer of her album in a copse at ambleside pierre in a gallant whim had in the lady's own presence voluntarily carved miss angelica's initials upon the bark of a beautiful maple but all young ladies are not miss angelica's blandly denied in the parlour they courted repulse in the study in lovely envelopes they dispatched their albums to pierre not omitting to drop a little attar of rose in the palm of the domestic who carried them while now pierre pushed to the wall in his gallantry shilly-shallied as to what he must do the awaiting albums multiplied upon him and by and by monopolized an entire shelf in his chamber so that while their combined ornate bindings fairly dazzled his eyes their excessive redolence all but made him to faint though indeed in moderation he was very partial to perfumes so that of really chilly afternoons he was still obliged to drop the upper sashes a few inches the simplest of all things it is to write in a lady's album but qui bono is there such a dearth of printed reading that the monkish times must be revived and ladies books be in manuscript what could pierre write of his own on love or anything else that would surpass what divine heifetz wrote so many long centuries ago was there not anacreon too and catullus and ovid all translated and readily accessible and then bless all their souls had the dear creatures forgotten tom moore but the handwriting pierre they want the sight of your hand well thought pierre actual feeling is better than transmitted sight any day i will give them the actual feeling of my hand as much as they want and lips are still better than hands let them send their sweet faces to me and i will kiss lipographs upon them for ever and a day this was a felicitous idea he called dates and had the albums carried down by the basketful into the dining-room he opened and spread them all out upon the extension table there then modelling himself by the pope when his holiness collectively blesses long crates of rosaries he waved one devout kiss to the albums and summoning three servants sent the albums all home with his best compliments accompanied with a confectioner's kiss for each album rolled up in the most ethereal tissue from various quarters of the land both town and country and especially during the preliminary season of autumn pierre received various pressing invitations to lecture before lyceums young men's associations and other literary and scientific societies the letters conveying these invitations possessed quite an imposing and most flattering aspect to the unsophisticated pierre one was as follows er quartian club for the immediate extension of the limits of all knowledge both human and divine zadoc prattsville june eleventh eighteen so on author of the tropical summer etc honoured and dear sir official duty and private inclination in this present case most delightfully blend what was the ardent desire of my heart has now by the action of the committee on lectures become professionally obligatory upon me as chairman of our committee on lectures i hereby beg the privilege of entreating that you will honour this society by lecturing before it on any subject you may choose and at any day most convenient to yourself the subject of human destiny we would respectfully suggest without however at all wishing to impede you in your own unbiased selection 
if you honour us by complying with this invitation be assured sir that the committee on lectures will take the best care of you throughout your stay and endeavour to make zadock prattsville agreeable to you a carriage will be in attendance at the stage-house to convey yourself and luggage to the inn under full escort of the committee on lectures with the chairman at their head permit me to join my private homage to my high official consideration for you and to subscribe myself very humbly your servant donald dun donald chapter three but it was more especially the lecture invitations coming from venerable grey-headed metropolitan societies and indicted by venerable grey-headed secretaries which far from elating filled the youthful pierre with the sincerest sense of humility lecture lecture such a stripling as i lecture to fifty benches with ten grey heads on each five hundred grey heads in all shall my one poor inexperienced brain presume to lay down the law in a lecture to five hundred life-ripened understandings it seemed too absurd for thought yet the five hundred through their spokesman had voluntarily extended this identical invitation to him then how could it be otherwise than that an incipient timonism should slide into pierre when he considered all the disgraceful inferences to be derived from such a fact he called to mind how that once upon a time during a visit of his to the city the police were called out to quell a portentous riot occasioned by the vast press and contention for seats at the first lecture of an illustrious lad of nineteen the author of a week at coney island it is needless to say that pierre most conscientiously and respectfully declined all polite overtures of this sort similar disenchantments of his cooler judgment did likewise deprive of their full lusciousness several other equally marked demonstrations of his literary celebrity applications for autographs showered in upon him but in sometimes humorously gratifying the more urgent requests of these singular people pierre could not but feel a pang of regret that owing to the very youthful and quite unformed character of his handwriting his signature did not possess that inflexible uniformity which for mere prudential reasons if nothing more should always mark the hand of illustrious men his heart thrilled with sympathetic anguish for posterity which would be certain to stand hopelessly perplexed before so many contradictory signatures of one supereminent name alas posterity would be sure to conclude that they were forgeries all that no chirographic relic of the sublime poet glendinning survived to their miserable times from the proprietors of the magazines whose pages were honoured by his effusions he received very pressing epistolary solicitations for the loan of his portrait in oil in order to take an engraving therefrom for a frontispiece to their periodicals but here again the most melancholy considerations obtruded it had always been one of the lesser ambitions of pierre to sport a flowing beard which he deemed the most noble corporeal badge of the man not to speak of the illustrious author but as yet he was beardless and no cunning compound of roland and son could force a beard which should arrive at maturity in any reasonable time for the frontispiece besides his boyish features and whole expression were daily changing would he lend his authority to this unprincipled imposture upon posterity honour forbade these epistolary petitions were generally couched in an elaborately respectful style thereby intimating with what deep reverence his portrait would be handled while unavoidably subjected to the discipline indispensable to obtain from it the engraved copy they prayed for 
but one or two of the persons who made occasional oral requisitions upon him in this matter of his engraved portrait seemed less regardful of the inherent respect due to every man's portrait much more to that of a genius so celebrated as pierre they did not even seem to remember that the portrait of any man generally receives and indeed is entitled to more reverence than the original man himself since one may freely clap a celebrated friend on the shoulder yet would by no means tweak his nose in his portrait the reason whereof may be this that the portrait is better entitled to reverence than the man inasmuch as nothing belittling can be imagined concerning the portrait whereas many unavoidably belittling things can be fancied as touching the man upon one occasion happening suddenly to encounter a literary acquaintance a joint editor of the captain kidd monthly who suddenly popped upon him round a corner pierre was startled by a rapid good morning good morning just the man i wanted come step round now with me and have your daguerreotype taken get it engraved then in no time want it for the next issue so saying this chief mate of captain kidd seized pierre's arm and in the most vigorous manner was walking him off like an officer a pickpocket when pierre civilly said pray sir hold if you please i shall do no such thing pooh pooh must have it public property come along only a door or two now public property rejoined pierre that may do very well for the captain kidd monthly it's very captain kiddish to say so but i beg to repeat that i do not intend to accede don't really cried the other amazedly staring pierre full in the countenance why bless your soul my portrait is published long ago published can't help that sir said pierre oh come along come along and the chief mate seized him again with the most uncompunctious familiarity by the arm though the sweetest tempered youth in the world when but decently treated pierre had an ugly devil in him sometimes very apt to be evoked by the personal profaneness of gentlemen of the captain kidd school of literature look you my good fellow said he submitting to his impartial inspection a determinately double fist drop my arm now or i'll drop you to the devil with you and your daguerreotype this incident suggested as it was at the time in the sequel had a surprising effect upon pierre for he considered with what infinite readiness now the most faithful portrait of any one could be taken by the daguerreotype whereas in former times a faithful portrait was only within the power of the moneyed or mental aristocrats of the earth how natural then the inference that instead as in old times immortalizing a genius a portrait now only dalyized a dunce besides when everybody has his portrait published true distinction lies in not having yours published at all for if you are published along with tom dick and harry and wear a coat of their cut how then are you distinct from tom dick and harry therefore even so miserable a motive as downright personal vanity helped to operate in this matter with pierre some zealous lovers of the general literature of the age as well as declared devotees to his own great genius frequently petitioned him for the materials wherewith to frame his biography they assured him that life of all things was most insecure he might feel many years in him yet time might go lightly by him but in any sudden and fatal sickness how would his last hours be embittered by the thought that he was about to depart for ever leaving the world utterly unprovided with the knowledge of what were the precise texture and hue of the first trousers he wore these representations did certainly touch him in a very tender spot not previously unknown to the schoolmaster but when pierre considered that owing to his extreme youth his own recollections of the past soon merged into all manner of half-memories and a general vagueness he could not find it in his conscience to present such materials to the impatient biographers especially as his chief 
verifying authority in these matters for of his past career was now eternally departed beyond all human appeal his excellent nurse clarissa had been dead four years and more in vain a young literary friend the well-known author of two indexes and one epic to whom the subject happened to be mentioned warmly espoused the cause of the distressed biographers saying that however unpleasant one must needs pay the penalty of celebrity it was no use to stand back and concluded by taking from the crown of his hat the proof-sheets of his own biography which with the most thoughtful consideration for the masses was shortly to be published in the pamphlet form price only a shilling it only the more bewildered and pained him when still other and less delicate applicants sent him their regularly printed biographico solicito circulars with his name written in ink begging him to honour them and the world with a neat draught of his life including criticisms on his own writings the printed circular indiscriminately protesting that undoubtedly he knew more of his own life than any other living man and that only he who had put together the great works of glendinning could be fully qualified thoroughly to analyse them and cast the ultimate judgment upon their remarkable construction now it was under the influence of the humiliating emotions engendered by things like the above it was when thus haunted by publishers engravers editors critics autograph collectors portrait fanciers biographers and petitioning and remonstrating literary friends of all sorts it was then that there stole into the youthful soul of pierre melancholy forebodings of the utter unsatisfactoriness of all human fame since the most ardent profferings of the most martyrizing demonstrations in his behalf these he was sorrowfully obliged to turn away and it may well be believed that after the wonderful vital world revelation so suddenly made to pierre at the meadows a revelation which at moments in some certain things fairly timonized him he had not failed to clutch with peculiar nervous detestation and contempt that ample parcel containing the letters of his biographico and other silly correspondence which in a less ferocious hour he had filed away as curiosities it was with an almost infernal grin that he saw that particular heap of rubbish eternally quenched in the fire and felt that as it was consumed before his eyes so in his soul was forever killed the last and minutest undeveloped microscopic germ of that most despicable vanity to which those absurd correspondents thought to appeal end of book seventeen